This is the Squared Quo Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris. And here he is again. Once again. Mr. J-Rod. Yes. Yes. As, uh, actually, I think I've called you that before. Yes, everyone has. We we have fun with uh, (laughs) J-Rod in today's episode. Yes, Uh, we do. Okay, so before we talk about anything else... I have to try and make it a point in every episode now to uh, remind our listeners that, you know, Jared, you do a lot of signings. You do a lot of appearances for things here and there. A Um, lot. A lot sounds like it's excessive. I do the right amount. But go (laughs) ahead. Go ahead. Uh, You guys keep disappointing me. I need somebody to go up to Jared. We're getting closer. Preferably... Uh, preferably a stranger and call him shorts guy or refer to him as shorts guy. Ask him to sign your, your merchandise, um, as shorts guy. I need this in my life. And Jared, if it happens, please, especially if they ask you to sign something, you have Mm -hmm. to take a picture of your signature. I will definitely do that. Um, I think it'll happen at designer con, but that kind of doesn't count. Right. Cause it's, yeah, it's like, so I've prompted people when we're together and I know somebody's listened to the show. Like I've prompted a few people to call you that. Um, and I think, <laughs> you know, you've said it and I've seen a few comments maybe yes, um, yes. on social media, but you know, I want to be out of the equation uh, and just it actually it'd be even better if I'm not even around. And then I hear the story from you. Yes. After the fact. I did have someone really, really real. I had someone on Facebook just today, actually, because I put that post up with the mask on and I said, oh, I'm going to, you know, should I wear this for my signing? And then someone did comment, are you going to wear shorts? So we're getting closer. We're getting closer. (laughs) That is pretty close. Yeah. Um, I I saw that mask, which is awesome. And you know, I'm a weirdo with masks for some reason. I am a weirdo when it's a good mask. Like, that's a good mask. Like, they faithfully reproduced it, and so that's why I like it. Did you get all three, or is it, of course. Was it just a... Oh, I don't know. Let me I ask posted it. I posted it in my stories. Have you not looked at my stories? <laughs> yes. I, I saw got, you wearing the one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing all three, though. Yes, I did get all three. I had to ask the very nice uh, Hot Topic employee, who was about seven years old, I believe, <laughs> To take it out of the window for me uh, because there was only there was the two on the shelf and I needed the third one. And so and then he kind of forgot. And then I was embarrassed to keep asking. (laughs) You purchase them individually. It's not like a three pack. Nope. You purchase them individually at Hot Topic. And so they're a little bit sturdier than the normal plastic masks. But these things are getting just trashed in the store. So if you want one, mm. I would not wait too much longer because by the time, you know, we get closer to Halloween, they're going to be just so broken. Is it is it not even like in a box or packaging? It's just a free mask? Yes, like, that's not the free, problem. But like, yep, just oh, like a stack terrible. of them out on the table. And so, of course, everyone wants to pick Oof. them up and put them on. And, and they're just everywhere. Like two of them I found like behind the merchandise on the shelf, you know, which was good because it was uh, kind of protected. But... But yeah, I these That's things. Awful. I think I'm going to hang them on a wall or something because uh, they won't 
they won't last. <laughs> they won't yeah. last too long. Uh, pretty thin. But they terrible. look great. They look fantastic. So, um, But speaking of appearances, Jared, you've got something coming up uh, with the... I don't know how I'm trying to segue this cleverly. Interesting. I'm just, yeah, uh, you were close. You were you just you second guessed <laughs> yourself halfway through it. Yeah, I I, I got scared. I yes. got scared. Uh, so I'll just finish it for you. Um, Jared's going to be at Adobe Max. Uh, I am coming up. What what what's the dates? I believe uh, October fifteenth is the first day. I will be down there like that weekend, and then I will be there for the I think the whole conference. I think Monday through. Wednesday, maybe, but this is my it's first a very time attending. Plug, <laughs> I know. Well, I think if you're you'd know by now if you're going to Adobe Max, this thing is not cheap. Like, I had no idea how right. expensive it was, uh, but I'm very excited to go for the first time and kind of check it out and see. But I don't know. It, I looked at all the uh, you can sign up for all these talks and these workshops and things like that. Um, so it's pretty technical, like pretty hardcore Adobe, and I'm pretty old fashioned, so I don't know how much of it will be relevant. Mm to me but i'm just still excited to go and just kind of check out the speakers and right. stuff and stand at a booth um, and sign autographs i guess <laughs> yeah that was going to be my my next uh question when and how and where can people find you if they're interested in approaching you to sign something as short sky yes so the cdw booth am i saying that right yes is uh, the person that I did the post for. They're a diamond sponsor of the event, which is pretty huge. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, they're going to have a big booth. We're giving the poster away. You just have to come, you know, how these conventions go, though. People stand in line usually for a long time for the free stuff. I think there's going to be a few other mm -hmm. things, too, but I'm not sure exactly what they're going to have. But it's all free, so come by there. And I will be there sort of intermittently throughout the day. I don't think I'll be there, like, the full run of the conference, but... Uh, each day I'll be there for a little while. And as soon as I know if, if there are going to be specific times, I will post them on my social media, but I think it's going to be more general. Other, uh, so other than decon, mm -hmm. have you ever like participated um, in a, a different type of convention before? I did D 23, which was uh kind of oh, that's right. fun. So, but you had a, like a specific, you were treated like a celebrity there, right? Yes. So you had your signing and you just, they As wheel you I should. entourage. Yes. Um, and you just sign for an hour or so. I need people. Next time I just need to bring like eight people <laughs> to sort of fuss around me for a while. Uh, but, <laughs> but yes, yes. So that was, uh, that was the only one I think. I don't think I've done too many. I mean, yeah, just designer con. I did comic con that one time, but that was very quick. Like just a brief uh, signing of prints for the Big Bang Theory. That was about it, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's um in a former life, I had a bigger role in these expos and conventions. You sure did. And <laughs> it is so I mean, we get a taste for it at Decon, which is like a different experience. Um, but it is unbelievable and surprising how tiring it can be just standing in a booth for you know, anywhere from six to 10 hours. Well, how does it like, so when you were doing that previously, you were sort of a rep basically for, for the company. Right. Uh, when you're doing Squared Co, you're representing basically you, your company. Like how, how is it different? Do you feel like it's different or is it pretty much the same? It's, it's really similar. I mean, uh, do you have to be cheesier as a rep? Like, like, um, so I, I don't know. It, it depends if you be, like legitimately believe in the product sure, or the sure. brand. If not, then you have to go full on cheesy car salesman. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's pretty similar. Uh, yeah, there's not a huge difference, but like just being, you know, air quotes on for mm-hmm. that much and not being able to really sit for that long. Yes. Um, it's just you would think that like, oh, you're just standing here or you're just kind of sitting in a booth. It's not really taxing, but yeah, it's crazy. I'm always so physically and like mentally wiped by the end of every convention day. I know. And you sound like a big baby, like first world problems. Like <laughs> I had to <laughs> chit chat for eight hours and I'm very tired, <laughs> uh, but it is, it's exhausting. Uh, um, so I, I no, totally it is did. fun though. It is oh, fun. Yeah, it um, is. But I, I always make plans or you like you have these ideas to that you're going to go out afterwards mm-hmm. and you because you forget. And then once it's like the the convention floor closes for the day, you're like, just get me to a bed like I'm ready to pass out. Well, and then it's like you're hungry because you really don't eat. You're eating like crap in your booth. And then you're kind of like, yeah, you didn't pee like once for <laughs> 12 hours. <laughs> And you feel kind of uh, sweaty and you've touched so many hands and things and yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. <laughs> well, it is. But I mean, that's what I mean. Like it's all that stuff. So you're right. The minute it's over, the last thing you feel like doing is going across the street and going to Disneyland. But that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I have it in me. To I know to you won't. Of course you won't. Oh, but the Clarks are going to be there. And uh Oof. Yeah, I I think it's, I'll go. I think I'll go. There, there's yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of um, people and friends that will be coming to DesignerCon that we don't normally get to interact and see in IRL. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun. I I really should. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll take a five hour energy or a rock star at like six o'clock to get me through the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I do that every day. Uh, that's my every day. That's my normal. <laughs> uh, you might have to double up. Yeah, that's why um, I'm peeing all okay. the time, I think. So anyway. So this is a stupid one, but since I said rock star and doubling up, did you I don't I don't think you're really a rock star guy. No. Um but I have do you remember this was probably see I was in college, so this is probably like six to ten years ago. Um <laughs> They had this thing called Two Times Rockstar, Ugh. which was essentially their like zero calorie Rockstar, but it had twice the caffeine in it. Mm. It was insane, this thing. This drink was just like, I don't know if they had other ingredients in it as well, but like once you got a few gulps in, like you felt it coursing through your veins. Love it. And it was like supercharged. Um, but believe it or not, they discontinued it probably because college kids uh, were dying or something. Usually that's the case. (laughs) I'm sure there was either like uh, a new health and safety law that was passed that said, uh, this is the new limit of caffeine in a beverage or Mm. I don't know, maybe one of the other ingredients became illegal because this thing was something else. Yeah. Well, you know, what's amazing though, is if you look at a standard cup of coffee, there is quite a bit of caffeine in there. Um, Mm -hmm. like it it is comparable to a lot of these, I think the standard version of the drinks and even like the five hour energy, it's about the same as coffee, but because it's, I don't know, people tend to think of it as more chemical when it's like a little shot like that. So it gets more of a negative rap, but those people that, you know, that drink coffee all day long, (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Like, I think you're getting just as much caffeine. Yeah, I don't know if it's caffeine that I think people have a problem with is all the other unknown stuff or whatever random weirdness goes into those drinks. Do you drink um, it regularly still or just when I you used feel, to? Yeah. I try I try so hard not to. How come? I'm trying to like limit the caffeine intake altogether. Why though? Um, I could see the sugar. Like I, I won't get, drink the sugar stuff, but Now if I ever do uh, an energy drink, it's normally a mm-hmm. uh, the zero ones. Yeah. But it's um I don't like getting dependent on something. So once I reach the point where if I don't have it I get the gnarly caffeine headaches. Yeah, yeah. I try and wean off of it. So it's like a roller coaster where I'll do it all the time for like a month or so, and then I'll get to that point, and I'll take a step back and take a few weeks or a month off, and then I go. There, there's a day where like I've got no sleep and I'm super tired, so I'll need that kick in the morning, and yeah. I'll jump right back on, and then it's like a endless cycle. Do you um, drink coffee though during the day? Are you a coffee drinker? I it. Like whatever the the form of caffeine is, I try and limit it to one thing thing yeah. per day. So like I'll either have a some sort of a coffee or I'll have an energy drink or a five hour energy whatever. But whatever the thing is, I'll just have the one. And do you do anything for like for the gym? Would you ever take stuff for the gym or no? Oh yeah, I used to do. Um, well, <laughs> we talk about it on our appearance for the scary movie ice cream podcast we were jared and i were guests on this almost a year ago Mm. when we reviewed coincidentally the nightmare before christmas that's right um but i think i jokingly said i my pre-workout was an ice cream sandwich (laughs) um snickers uh, in uh i i have done like the pre-workout drinks which is essentially just a shitload of caffeine and some other uh vitamins that give you that like super pump Mm -hmm. feeling when you work out yep um but yeah so anyways this is a crazy ass tangent it is which brings us of Um, course to (laughs) halloween yes so uh if you follow squared co on social media you may have seen this post uh probably a few weeks ago by the time this is airing um but we have partnered up with sinopolis again that is a movie theater chain and we will be we're helping them with a series of events at all of their locations for a screening of the 40th anniversary for John Carpenter's Halloween. 40th. So we tickets are available now if you're interested in seeing this movie again on the big screen. Um, but we did work with Sinopolis to make it some sort of an event. So you will be able to get um, some cool prizes compliments of squared co and there is an interactive photo op there um, on top of a really cool and fun menu so if you are interested and you live nearby a sinopolis um, you can purchase tickets now normally these types of events uh, they do sell out uh, so if you are interested be sure to get your tickets quick so this is at all sinopolis like across the um yeah they so what they normally do they'll start by having offering one screen at all the locations Mm -hmm. and if that fills up quickly and there's enough time to add a second screen they'll add a second one so it's october 30th is when the movie screens so it's about a month out from today when we're recording this um when we did aliens the aliens event and the princess bride Mm -hmm. 
we did sell out the first screen and they opened up a second one for both of those. So right, right. Um, I don't I don't know if it's obviously probably won't it's not going to sell the same at every location, but um, they probably will start selling out at some of them. So again, mm-hmm. if you are interested, you can purchase tickets now. Um, so go ahead and do that at Sinopolis. Um, you can check them out online. Just Google Sinopolis. And then <clears throat> continue to follow us so you can see some more behind the scenes uh, and little sneak peeks at what we will be offering at each event. Mm. So more to come on that. Very exciting. Can't um, wait to see what you do for that. Yeah, I'm, hopefully we'll be able to do some more events like that because obviously if you listen to this or you follow Squared Co., we love movies um, and this is exactly what I want to be doing. So hopefully we have the opportunity to do more of these types of events. I'm sure. Yes. Um, but let's actually talk about this episode for what? a little bit. Here. Well, actually, <laughs> before we jump into that, uh, <laughs> speaking of Halloween, uh, the Master of One podcast, I think that's what I'm going to do from now on. Like, I'm not going to really have a segue. I'm just going to say, speaking of <laughs> whatever you're talking about, and then just go into the other thing, let people be confused and figure out uh, the transition. Our friends at the Master of One podcast. Uh, this is the podcast that uh, we met through, basically, right through the community that they had around their podcast. That's how I met Mark. Yeah, um, we I'm have sorry. both. I got to go on a, a mini tangent here. Okay, you said that. Okay, if it weren't for the Master of One podcast, we still would have been right next to each other at that first decon that I did. How do you think our relationship would have been impacted had I not reached out previously through M of One? I would be a much happier person, I think. Uh, I'd <laughs> but do you think busy. we would like be friends at all or it just I would have been a random dude next to you that you tried to avoid? No, I think no, I think we still would have. Like it's because you you reached out to me though previously for that alien show. And I think that's right. That's why it started. And then it sort of maintained kind of like I knew who you were through the room and then, you know, so I think it just made it a little more comfortable for me to, to talk to you when we were at the thing. But basically it was then, cause honestly I thought you were a weirdo based on your emails and your, Cool. Your chat room, but then when I actually spoke with you at the, <laughs> at the con, I'm like, oh, okay, it was confirmed. Yes, he is a he is a weirdo. I found that picture of us from uh, from when we went to see Rogue One. Oh my gosh, it's like two different people. <laughs> oh, I'll have to post. I probably it. have it in my phone. <laughs> yeah, I think you do. But I do for sure. But <laughs> anyway, okay, sorry. Go back, Master of One. Yes, our good friends uh, have taken a break, and this has been for a couple weeks now. So we're late on this, but I just wanted to say. Well-deserved break to them. I hope they figure out what they want to do next. And of course, we'll be listening to whatever, you know, uh, format or however they come back, which I'm sure they'll come back. They've already been doing some other projects uh, sort of on a, I don't know, a different scale. Like they've hosted one of the conferences Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I don't, you know, they're not gone completely, of course, but I think they're taking a break from the regular podcast episodes. So um, wish them all the best. Thank them for everything they were able to build with that podcast. And I can't see, uh, can't wait to see what happens next for them. So I don't know. Yeah, you can catch definitely. up now. You can catch up on all the episodes like I did. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Cause I, I'm sure they're not done. Yes. So speaking of master of one podcast, yes. we have a fun guest on today's episode. That's exactly how that um, works. Yeah. Of course, he's got a pretty simple last name, but I always mess up. So 
I'm going to try it again. Yes. Um, Ma- Michael Fugoso. Yes. Eh? Yeah, I think that's right. Eh? Okay. So he his handle, um, which I think it's so weird and stupid that, and I, I'm embarrassed to admit it, that's how I know most people is yes. by their handles. Yes. You were relatively smart and kind of made it your name. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't know if I can pronounce Jmuriyama correctly. <laughs> that's stupid. Yes. <laughs> I have a problem with M squared too. That's difficult. Um, but uh, he goes by Fugstrader. Which is um, harder. That's even harder than his last name. I right. Think. But in my head, like, you know, when you're reading stuff, you obviously say it in your head, but you don't worry about how, how it's it, going to. Right. You actually have to pronounce it. Yes. So, yeah, in my head, Fugstrader is like the easiest thing to say. Um, but, uh, anyways, that's his handle on social media. He does really really interesting work Mm -hmm. Uh, and we talk about it a little bit in the episode Um, (laughs) a little bit yes among other things right um but yeah this was it was uh, this is the first time that jared and i both were actually able to speak with him so it's fun to use the podcast to get introduced to new creatives Mm -hmm. and start relationships with a lot of these people yes um michael we had a lot of fun talking with him, so hopefully he's another one that we can add to uh, our rotating roster of guests here on the podcast. Very nice guy. Very talented guy, obviously. A lot has happened for him in a very short period of time, and he's got an interesting perspective on it that I think mm-hmm. he's going to start exploring more in his own speaking engagements, which he talks about a little bit on here. This was a difficult yeah interview for me he is a very nice guy (laughs) a very sincere guy and he kind of uh, follows his own train of thought so this is not your standard (laughs) interview which makes it more interesting uh, but it doesn't quite go the way I thought I would like to get more information out of him (laughs) about his journey because I think it's pretty amazing especially when you see the work that he does but um, Mm -hmm. take a listen and see where Jared just starts losing his way <laughs> I turn into Mark for this episode. <laughs> yeah, and I, of course, I always let you down. But anyways, um, you know what? Like, so I listen to Adventures in Design, mm-hmm. and a lot of his perspective. Mark Bricky is the host for that show. Um, not perspective, but his kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, at least early on, he would get a guest on, tell their origin story, and then once they came back for round two or three and four the the later episodes yeah. um it turned into just a fun conversational episode so i'm hoping that we're able to do that once we revisit some of these guests that we've had on previously because i know as far as i'm concerned my rolodex for creative friends is pretty much tapped out so we <laughs> might have to start revisiting um some guests that we've had on previously that's it we're not even 100 episodes in and we've already run through the whole rolodex huh? well i mean if if i'm being honest it was all of like two people the other 50 were from jared so we got plenty of people i'm sure we've got plenty of people who will do it i think so. we've got a long wish list that's for sure but yeah, um that's true who who was stupid enough to agree to come on this show is a different story. Dave Quiggle, we have got to work on him still, I think. And uh, Matt Kaufenberg are the two that I'm really yes. long shots. But uh, I'm going to keep working on Gunning them. Gunning for yeah, you guys. We're going to get <laughs> cash. Maybe it's just about cash. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. So enough rambling. This is uh, an 
extended yes. intro here for this episode. Um, but again, this is Michael Fugosu on the Squared Code Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome to the Squared Co. Podcast. He just said his name and how to pronounce it. I'm already forgetting it, but uh, here we go with Michael Fugoso. Oh, you got it. How's that? That was perfect. It's it's three syllables and uh, pretty phonetic from the look of it, but for some reason, I always just sketch myself out when introducing new guests and their, <laughs> their last names. Yeah, Jared, you're Japanese, right? Yes. That's yeah, well, right. I mean, I'm not Japanese, but like you can pronounce it like a Japanese last name. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah, just like that. What What is uh, that last name? What is the What is your nationality? Filipino. I'm Filipino. Okay. But my dad says that's a Portuguese last name. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I yeah. was wondering. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but cool. You may know him by. Fugstrader or Fugstrader. Oh, no, you got it right the am first I, how, time. Am I saying Fugstrader? Okay, okay. Fugstrader uh, is what he goes by on all of his social media. Um, and we will learn all about his unique, uh, creative, and artistic style here shortly, if you aren't already familiar with it. Um, but like we like to start each episode with a new guest... Um, or most of the time, we have a little game that we want to play, and Jared will tell you more about it. Not really a game. I like how you always call it a game. It's a series of questions, but we can it's call it. It's more fun. Game. I yeah. like to make it. It's more fun that way. Is this like okay. like quick fire? Yes, questions? that's exactly okay. what it is. Okay. Yeah. So it's quick fire, long form. <laughs> so this is the first time we're meeting Michael. So we, when we're first meeting you, it, it tends to be nice to start with something like this. So we get a little, a little warm up, and we'll ease into uh, your personality a bit. So we have a list of twenty questions here. You're going to answer five of them. Uh, you just have to give me a number between one and twenty, and that'll be your first question. Seven, Michael. Seven. Do you have a pet? No. Okay. See, very easy. <laughs> oh, and super quick. <laughs> you can elaborate on these as much as you want or not at all. So totally. Oh, okay. To, okay. I was like, you yeah. know, I was like, quick fire answer. Right. Right. With right, these right. quick fire questions. <laughs> okay. All right. Did cool. you Did you ever have a pet? Did you grow up with a pet? I um, we've had a dog, a golden retriever named Richie, mm. and I was always afraid of dogs when I was younger. Like, because every time I would run, it would run after me, you know, so, and it was like, isn't that what dogs are supposed to do? Right, right, right. But it was like twice or three times my size at that time, you know, or yeah. from what I remember. And then, um, I don't know, just lately, I just started loving dogs again. Like all my friends have dogs. So, uh, but I, I, I just don't have time for that responsibility right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of heartbreaking when you have to leave them at home a lot. So. All right. All right. Next next question. Pick another, another number. number. Oh, damn it. Three. Three. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Mm, pretty easy. Pretty easy. Uh, oh, one. Captain Crunch. Okay. I'm so glad that you did this one, but go on with your follow-up, Jared. Uh, no, I was going to say, is there a specific type of Captain Crunch? The original. Crunch berry? Just original. The original. Just, you know what? I'm yeah. always about whatever is 
native to something, you know what I mean? So, mm, yeah. Right? Mm. So if I were to buy a camera, I would buy like native camera lenses. Or if I bought a Mac, I would buy <laughs> native <laughs> Mac accessories, even though they're like three times more expensive, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so sadly, sadly true. Yeah. Um, Kevin Crunch, but- that's a good, good. Good choice. I just saw recently they have uh, extra large Captain Crunch. Have you seen this? What? Stuff? No. So it no, like like if it doesn't great, rip sounds... up the roof of your mouth already, like you can get bigger <laughs> pieces. To so get is it. it like big, like a like a frosted mini wheat, where like only one will fit in your spoon? Is it like that big? <laughs> you know, I just saw the box. I didn't really take a closer look to see, but I I definitely want to find it now. It doesn't take much. And I'm on the hunt for these. See, I just feel like the original has that perfect balance, you know? It like, does. It's just it, like, but yeah. I'm curious though, how the extra large ones uh, changes things yeah, up a yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. I am, uh, I'm pretty adventurous when it comes to trying out new foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad you brought this, the cereal question came up today because recently it, so right now during record time, it is kind of in the middle or maybe even the early stages of Halloween season. Yeah. And recently they just re-released their seasonal Halloween cereals. So it's Boo Berry, Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Ooh. Sadly, I think they got rid of Yummy Mummy. And they, the, oh, yummy the wolf mummies. one. And the werewolf one. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. just those three. I had never in my entire life, childhood included, I've never had any of the seasonal Halloween cereals. So this year, this is the first time I've ever had it. I just tried Count Chocula Whoa. for the first time, actually this morning. Are these easy to court. attain? Like, where do I get these cereals? Target. Uh, Target? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so All right. We got okay. it at Target. I think they have it at most supermarkets. You can get them. Still, okay. Right? Yeah, but I it, think so. But it's I seasonal, just... so... I'm surprised it's just to like hear September that. September and October. Did, did I hear picked that up Booberry today too uh, for the first, and I've never actually had them either. So uh, I'm, I usually don't get the marshmallow cereal. So that's that's sort of the issue oh, with yeah. You know the marshmallow ones so, are too sweet. I yeah, think. I mean that's not uh, marshmallow well, should be in quotations, but yeah, they're they're all <laughs> they're not even marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. If we're if we're talking uh, these sugar cereals, they're. Let's not kid ourselves. They're all way too sweet, but that's why we love it. Oh man, it's yes. funny. Um, I th- yeah, one of my clients is. Uh, it was General Mills, so it's it's funny oh, that really? we're uh, we're talking about cereal right now. What was the? <laughs> can you talk about what the project was? Yeah, yeah, it was just a. Uh, um, it was like uh, not for. Whoa! Did I just get louder all of a sudden? No. Oh no! It's because so. I moved my headphones closer there to my you. ear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, it was just like a presentation of a, of a new thing that they were trying. Like they were going to put like little infrared, uh, little flashlights as like, you know, like the, um, the prize that you get in your cereals are going to bring that back because mm-hmm. old school things come back all the time, you know? Yep. And then they have like a maze in the back where you flash that like light. Ooh, am I supposed to be talking? I don't care. Yeah. I know. I was just, I wondering. mean, I, I, I had this project was like, I don't know how many months ago. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't sign anything. Um, but oh, yeah, it was you're like totally a, good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a light that you just flash on this maze, and then it lights up the trail of the maze. Uh, oh, that's cool. cool. That was one, and then there's another one where we tested out like uh, augmented reality on the box. So you just shine your phone on the cereal yeah. box, and all these like oh, things yeah. come out of it. You know what I mean? Um, they nice. were all yeah, all prototypes. I don't think I think they were more for presentation purposes um, mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. another company's technology in cahoots with general mm-hmm. mills if that makes sense 
So interesting. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're gonna, gonna come gonna, back I, to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to. I want to keep going down this tangent train right now. Since you brought up this augmented reality, I know Jared and I have talked about this before. They've got this Star Wars. It's at Downtown Disney, a place called The Void. But they've they're getting all these different pop ups now. It's the same company, The Void, but they have uh, now. There's there's an Aliens Void experience. Um, there's a Ghostbusters, and I think there's a Terminator one. So they're mm. getting all of these pop culture licenses to create like a digital vi- interactive video game. Oh, wow. Have you heard of any of these, Michael? Digital interactive video games. Well, what do you... Is, I don't know that... I'm not really familiar it's with... A, the well, they're calling it virtual reality. Or it, it's augmented reality, really. But I yeah, think they're, that's they're what, calling it virtual reality. I don't know reality. if it's... Is like augmented or virtual, what the difference is. Is like Pokemon Go, does that count as one of those? That's, I think, yeah, okay. I think so, right? Like, that's virtual. I rem- remember augmented the PlayStation Eye. Is- do you remember that thing? That was augmented <laughs> reality, right? You just, <laughs> I mean, not the eye, the eye toy for P- PlayStation 2. Where was mm-hmm. it? Do you guys remember that? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it was like this game where you just, you know, you just play like this the whole time. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, oh, nobody yeah, can yeah. see my hands, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, so augmented, yeah, I, I think I, it's I like think when I, it's like when there's actual physical things, but you see it differently through your headset. So it might just be a a plain box in the oh, room, yeah. but when you're looking at it through the headset, you see it as a whatever a Star Wars thing, oh, which okay, I believe that's, I see. is what. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely got to try it. One of these out, Jared. Oh, I know. Well, I'm all for it. They have it actually at Glendale Galleria too, which I did not know. I just happened to see that there. So Glendale Galleria is that in L.A. somewhere? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm so, not too far from L.A. There Maybe you go. I'll meet yeah. you guys up for like a drink one of these days or something. There you go. Yeah. Okay. We'll, um, everybody will get wasted, and then we'll go do some augmented reality video games. Okay, let's that go. Counts. Just two hour drive there, get wasted. <laughs> two hour drive back. You know. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, we got sorry, a few guys. more to go. These pick another number between one and twenty. We did three oh, and seven. Oh man, so uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, what was the last film you saw in the theater? Oh man, what was it? Was it Avengers: Affinity okay. War? Long time ago, then. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm thinking Ready Player One. No, 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 no. It was a. It was Avengers: Affinity War. Yep. Okay. So are you not a movie theater guy or are you just kind of go infrequently? Well, I don't know. Like, um, I used to like love all the, the new movies that were coming out. And I mean, I mm-hmm. still do. It's just uh, I think my schedule is getting a lot more variable these days. Yeah. Where um, yeah. And I'm the worst time manager, time management <laughs> person out there. So like I kind of I like to think of it like energy management. You know what I mean? So um, I try to manage That's my energy so I can. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like yeah. I can work at any time, whenever, as long as my energy is at a certain point. And then um, every time I watch a movie at the theater, I'm like, oh, man, I, I don't know if I can allocate like two hours or three hours, you know, to um, I want to. Don't get me wrong. I want to so bad. Yes. It, yes. It's the same thing with video games. You know, like I Dragon Quest just came out and I was I'm a huge Dragon Quest <laughs> fan. And then I just let my brother play just because like, you know, I can't dedicate 100 hours right now to uh to, uh, so is it because games. you feel guilty, like you should be working or doing something that's I more think productive? That's or? part of it, you know. Um, you know, I'm actually going to talk about this in my upcoming podcast show. It's like it's it's all about like kind of moving fast in this industry. Like I started doing this stuff when I turned 30, 
you know? Mm-hmm. So I did all this stuff in five years and it felt great. And I kind of want to keep this momentum going, but I'm starting to feel burnout too. So it's like, uh, um, mm. yeah, that's, uh, that's what that show is about. It's just about me crashing and burning. And then rising up again like a phoenix, you like, know, and then like, and then <laughs> all my, the all my fire being blown away. And then, you know what I mean? Just, just volatile yeah. ups and downs, just like uh, we were talking about with the pets and everything. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm making all these notes because we're going to come back to a lot of this stuff. Okay, so. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll get through these questions here. Oh, we got two more. Give me another number. 12. Okay. Let's see. 12. What's your favorite pizza topping? One of the more Anchovies. questions. Really? Yeah. Are you really, are you serious? I like, <laughs> I like seafood. <laughs> I mean like, uh, yeah, seafood's my favorite food. I mean, anchovies is a little, a little on the salty Pure. side, but, uh, if, a you little, had, yeah. <laughs> if you had anchovies in like Spain, it's completely different. It's like, oh, a, yeah. uh, you know, like I wish you get only anchovies on your pizza or is it accompanied <laughs> by a pepperoni or some olives? Uh, I think, you know what they, um, it's usually like a cheese pizza with anchovies mm. and I don't like it when they like chop the anchovies into bits. Yeah. I like the big freaking slab, you know, of anchovy right there on my pizza. <laughs> the big slimy, <laughs> salty. Yes. Yeah. You know, Filet, put all that yeah. oil, you know, mix all that oil in there mm-hmm. too, you know? Yeah. Then you're like thirsty all night. Like, so when this question gets brought up, I Jared usually asks it, but I want to be the one to ask it this time. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Apple on a pizza? Oh, I don't really like fruits with my savory foods. Oh, so, not a mixer. Thank you. <laughs> that's the right, that's the correct answer. Like even with tacos, like the mango salsa, I'm not a huge fan yeah. of that, you know? Um, yeah. I like oh, tomato salsa. No, thank so, you. Yeah. Okay. Um, one more number. Oh, uh, 14? 14. Okay. This is your last one. Oh, this is, uh, this could be taken however you want to answer this. What are you afraid of? It can be as literal as you want or more metaphysical <laughs> Oh, what am I <laughs> or however you want to answer that. What are you afraid of? Like the, the new, um, Harry or fantastic beasts, the trailer Newt Scamander is afraid of having a desk job. Mm. So that would be the second part of your or possible way to answer that question. Oh, okay. Right? Um, Whatever he wants to thank you, Mark. Just say sure. Just say sure. <laughs> However just he wants sure. to answer it is fine. All right. Let's do two. Let's do two. Can I give you two answers? Absolutely. All right. Um, I was watching YouTube and they and that um that trailer of the nun came up. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I think that scares everyone. Yeah, like I was like, well, why do they let you know, like why does YouTube let these type of trailers come up when I'm like watching my friendly like podcast shows, you know? I'm watching I'm watching Joe Rogan and, and Elon Musk, you know, and then like this scary nun just pops up out of nowhere. And um, and then like two weeks later, that same trailer comes up. And, and then like I think the commentary was like, oh, yeah, they they told us to take this trailer down because it's too scary. So here's another fucking scary trailer for you. You know what I mean? Like It's like, geez. So I, I subscribe to YouTube Red after so I don't get any more ads. There you go. You don't That's have to worry about the bam. nun. Popping. And then I watched Cobra Kai and I was... The favorite show, <laughs> my favorite show of recent memory, I think. <laughs> it was good, huh? You liked it? I liked it just because, uh, you know, I like that 80s feel. I like mm-hmm. how they are like karate masters, but they they kick so low, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just liked all kinds of, uh, I, I don't know, I just like, uh, I like things that don't really take themselves so seriously, if that makes sense. And I, yeah. I didn't think I don't I didn't think it did. And then like it catered towards like younger people. It catered towards me who liked the original. You know what I mean? It's like 
sorry, I know I went off tangent on that, but the no, 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 but, uh, that's what this is all but, about. <laughs> I like I liked Cobra Kai. That was that was a good show. Um, I watched it straight, like binged watched it straight. Did they? Um, does it wrap up at the end, or do they leave it open for like another season or another series? Oh, do I? A... I don't know if I want. Should I spoil it for you guys? Or well, you don't have to tell us what the ending is, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's is the, it lit? There, well, it's there's there's room for another. Let's just let's just put it. Let's yeah, just say that. Yeah. Mm, okay, it's I'll a, have to check it out. Answer. Again, it's like the movie thing. I feel terrible when I'm watching too much. Netflix. <laughs> I feel like I should be working. Okay. So those were your questions, uh, which is great. It worked perfectly because it, it kicked off about 900 other questions I have for you. Um, <laughs> to get started. So Mark, do you want to lead us in to the, to the regular? Um, yeah. So I'm going to be a jerk to you, Michael, for just, just a little That's bit. That's cool. Don't do um, it. Don't you- ask him to tell oh. the listeners what he does. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I, I w- no, no, not going to do that. So okay. I have to admit that this is similar to an, another artist that I love now. So when I first came across Tommy Perez's work, I was super jealous and just like, oh, screw this guy. His paper stuff is so freaking good. Um, there's not a lot of paper artists out there. So when I see one that is just miles <laughs> ahead of me, I get I got jealous. So oh, man. I'm sorry, Tommy. That's the truth. So similarly, when I came across your work, um, you do a lot of this. It's digital paper. Yeah. So it's not physical um, cut paper shapes. Yeah. um, But it's something that I also dabble in. And you just crush me in this digital paper illustrations. I don't believe that Um, one bit. At first when I saw it, I think I sent Jared a message. I'm like, oh, look at this asshole. He's way too good at this. (laughs) But... Here you are. So no, I'm just kidding. It's I, I actually really admire your work. Oh, thanks, man. Um, and I, I I'm still a little bit jealous that <laughs> your stuff is so good. Um, but you do have a really unique style and kind of story behind it. So I know very little bit about your background. Um, but those of you that don't follow Michael already um, and you're not familiar with his story, uh, you actually didn't set out from the get-go to pursue an art and design oh, no. career. This this came a little bit later. So before we get into that, what were you doing before you got into art and design? Just a quick um, set up the stage okay. before you decide to make the change. Well, first off, I, I appreciate uh, your jealousy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, I saw your stuff too. Yours, like, yours looks a lot more real than mine. Like mine's is very um, like exaggerated. Good. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's a lot about it that that you know if you shine a light on paper, it's not going to look like that. You know? Yeah, you know. But thank you though. I thank thank you so much for those kind words. Yeah, um, definitely. I was uh, in finance, I believe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, you can't even remember. Yeah, anymore. I was in finance, the dark ages, uh, and I and I know I know Jared can uh, J Rod. What's up? I know you you could uh, relate to this a lot. Um, the Asian family. Do you you got the Asian family? Or they want you? You to- know, I I don't have that. Like mine were sort of hands off. So that's awesome. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of the normal like be a doctor or a lawyer or something. Yeah, like that stuff, yeah. But I know how prevalent that is. I was going to ask you about that. It's funny. Like I have very open minded parents, but I think it's their parents. You know, my grandparents that mm. were like, oh, you know, like we 
you should be like an engineer or something like that or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I went to engineering school and, that, you know, physics is like the hardest thing. Oh, my gosh. And all the calculus and stuff like that. So I didn't survive there. Uh, I went to business because that was the thing that like they accepted, you know, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was easy enough for me to get through it. So um, it's funny, dude. Like, yeah, that was at San Diego State University. So that's where I I took Japanese class there. Don't. Jared, I know you're wow. Japanese, man. Don't don't ask me to talk to you in Japanese because I forgot all that stuff. But like I, well, I, I, I took like uh, I don't know four four years of Japanese. I went to Japan for a little bit and um, wow, and then came back and you know like I got a Japanese girlfriend and everything, and uh, you know like after all that was you know after that phase, it's like okay, let's got to get into the real world went into banking and then mortgage and real estate and stuff like that and it was like the worst <laughs> so at what point did you what point like at what point in your career did you realize that that's not what you want to be doing yeah you know what let me backtrack a bit like i don't want to talk down on anyone else's career so if you are you know an accountant or uh, working at a bank and selling financial services to people like that's cool, man. If you're, especially if you're good at it and you're making a ton of money off of it, that's awesome. But for me, it's like talking uh, in, to people about their money is the most stressful thing, you know? Hmm. Like mm-hmm. my forehead, yeah. look at my forehead right now. You guys can't see. It used to be so much smaller, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, uh, you know, it's like... Your hair is just retreating. <laughs> yeah, you know, but now it's like after... Seriously, like my, my forehead kind of stayed leveled after, after I left all that stuff. Um, but it just wasn't for me, and it was, uh, yeah, I just really don't like talking right. to people about money stuff, you know. And, uh, and you know, so it was time for a career change. Um, I was, like, around 29 and a half at that time. Like, <laughs> should, should I go back to, des- to school and study design and stuff? And I, uh, I don't have any background with any – I never knew what Illustrator was before I went to school, like, um, or what a vector was, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I used to, uh, like, draw my friends – as like Dragon Ball Z characters when I was in grade school. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's funny, to, you know, like, you know, what's, you know, that character, um, um, Majin Buu? Majin Buu? <laughs> yeah. Or Buu? Yes. Yeah, like I would draw one of my friends into that character, you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, my, that's my first glimpse into client work because my friend would be like, why did you make me so like, why did you make me the ugliest looking character in the whole roster? You know, or like, why did you make me so fat and stuff like that? So can you, can you draw J-Rod in that? <laughs> I'm actually not a good drawer, man. But maybe I probably can. But like you know, uh, but yeah, that was that. <laughs> so were you sense. always uh, the art guy, like growing up, and then uh, just didn't think that this would be something you'd pursue as a career? I think so. Like you know, if you were to talk to my um, friends from grade school, they would always talk about me drawing stuff. If you talk to my friends in high school, that's like. That stuff is non-existent, I think. Like, I've never done oh, that okay. stuff in high school. And if you talk to my friends in college, I was like a Japanophile, you know? So yep. I loved yep. I loved everything Japan <laughs> and uh, the food and, you know, and among other things there. I, I could go off on a whole Japan tangent. Did you live there for a while? Is that what you meant by you I didn't you live there Japan for a bit? But I stayed there for a really long time. And I vis- came back a bunch of times because I had a lot of friends that, like, what do you call that? Uh, uh, they were exchange students here Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i met a lot of friends those guys and um you know we'd have this cool like let's hey you come to san diego hey i come to japan you know like kind of this like yeah you know like rotation of 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 visits so 
that was super cool. Um, so you, cause I went to Japan not too long ago and I uh, just absolutely loved it. Like cannot wait to go back. But, um, what was it about Japan that, that you liked? Did you think that there was something that you were going to, I mean, you said you were in finance and all this at the time, were you going to do something within that, uh, career with Japan or was it just that you liked Japan? You know, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think while I was in university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, you know, so I was just mm-hmm. trying a bunch of new things. And um, when I took Japanese class and found out that, like, honestly, I took Japanese classes. I liked anime at that time. And, um, <laughs> you know, my first few Japanese classes, I found out, I find out that anime is like this big, you know, in, in the whole like scheme yes. of things in, in Japanese culture. Um, it's even frowned upon by a lot of the people I've met over there. And um, which is funny. Cool. It's funny. But like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just like, I, uh, when I went there, I just liked that everything was just so fast paced and fast moving. Mm. It's like, I would, we would, I would like walk in, um, a crowd where there's like thousands of people, but like, I wouldn't feel like I'm slow, slowing down or anything. I it just keep moving and moving and moving. And, yeah. um, it's just cool to, to be in a city where everybody's so nice to you too. That's like, that's a, uh, yes. <laughs> like I could walk in an alleyway, um, you know, a really dark alley and not be afraid, you know. Um, yeah. I even walked yeah. in, in the, the red light district in, in Shinjuku where they have the Yakuza's and all that stuff. And <laughs> even the Yakuza's were nice. They're like, hey, you know, you want to come into my <laughs> come into my, my bar? You know, we got a, we got a gaijin special is what they would, they would, they would tell me. Uh, <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, it was, it was, but like, no, I didn't, I didn't go into any of their bars, okay? I just wanted to clear that up with, uh, if anyone was, was yes. thinking that. But um, there you go. But I walked through, I walked through and, and those Yakuza's were nice. That's all I wanted to. That's that. Yeah. That's the takeaway. From yeah. That. Okay. So uh, let's talk then about this specific changeover to art. What, what made you uh, defy and disappoint your parents beyond belief and uh, go into uh, the creative world? And was it like an issue for them or was it, were you old enough at that point that it was kind of out of their hands? Uh, you know, uh, maybe it's unfair for me to say that it's a, that my I think my parents are always supportive of, of what I wanted to do. They just never knew uh, what I wanted to do because I never do, you know, what I uh-huh. wanted to do. Okay. So, That's fair. Yeah. yeah. When I was saying that the whole Asian parents thing, it's it's more, I think, more so my grandparents that, like, wanted that tried and true path, you know, with the uh, with the yeah. doctor and the engineer. Like, I come from my, my, my dad's an engineer, my older brother's an engineer, and they've made it, you know, they're extremely well off for themselves. You know, they have families and all that. So, um, yeah, it's a tried and true path. You know, so there's, sure. there's nothing wrong with it. Like I, it's just, uh, it's just my brain, you know, didn't work that way. And I, and I discovered that late, unfortunately. But so, and I think me realizing that I discovered that late made me, um, get into this mode where like, okay, I, I have to move a lot faster than, than most people. Um, right. so maybe I don't play Dragon Quest, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and put the 100 hours <laughs> in it, you know, like, uh, I like, you know what I love now though, is those, um, all these indie developers coming out with really cool pick up and play mm-hmm. games you know i yeah. pick, i played uh have you guys mm-hmm. played the messenger on uh nintendo no. switch oh. it's like a um a recreation of ninja gaiden almost it's super cool okay. and it's insanely hard um oh. <laughs> it's cool i just can i give you guys a quick because i got so much i got so much inspiration from this thing because like uh sure uh, <laughs> It's like, I just really like Let's how they it. draw environments too. It's, uh, you know, when you, 
when you get a really complex object and you minimize it to like pixels, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it still looks really cool. Yeah. They have this really cool element, element in it where you like, you step in this portal and then when you step in the portal, it turns 16 bit, like all the graphics change to 16 bit. Oh, and then that's, that's cool. like, yeah, yeah, it's super cool. And then it's, um, it's, it's, it's like them saying like, Hey, this ninja is traveling in the future, like 10 years in the future. So everything turns 16 bit. The music turns 16 bit too, which is insane. And you step out of the portal and it goes back to 8 bit. So it's like the stuff like that. That's like cool. um, Street Fighter. Like I love going from the yeah. original NES to the Super NES and back. Back and forth, <laughs> right? In, in a portal. Um, Street Fighter and stuff. Like I like, I really like pick up and play games right now just because it's, uh, you know, it reminds me of childhood. It gives me Low inspiration commitment. to make things. Mega Man. Is that Mega Man? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry for- So you brought up the fact that you have to be like super um, determined and committed yeah. and serious about this, this career change yeah. because it was a little bit later in life. Was this something that you were, obviously you were aware of it, but were you scared about um, making a career change later in life? No, you know what? I think I, what I realized the past five years is that it, if I, had this realization like say 10 years from now like i don't think it makes that big of a difference mm -hmm. you know which you're a braver man than i am <laughs> no, like i you know um i was telling you guys that uh um you know i was moving fast for a while and it you know i, I felt good with with certain accomplishments here and there but when the burnout comes like that's that's a real thing too it's like um you start not liking the things that you've liked this whole time you know what i mean and um hmm. yeah like you know, I feel like uh, uh, I get on like recovery modes. You know what I mean? Like, like I oh, you know, like say I'm playing a video game. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a video game reference, and I use up my little X factor meter, and it, that gives me like <laughs> super hyper like freaking powers, right? And then all of a sudden, like my my red meter is going down and down and down. And when it's here, it's got to recharge. You know, so even right now, as we're talking, I'm on this recharge phase. You know, where like mm -hmm. I don't want to do any work right now. <laughs> you know, so, so let's talk about this then. I think okay. I think everybody deals with burnout to a certain cool. certain degree. Cool. Is this does this tend to come uh, like after you've done a, a big project or like maybe back to back projects or something where you need to sort of stop and re-energize or is this more of like a like a bigger question like I want to do something different? Oh, you know, I I think it's uh in my case I think it's uh a combination of things. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's personal stuff too. Like, uh, hey, you know, what if uh, what if I want to meet a girl or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> what if I, you know, when we were talking about big fears, like uh, that, yeah. I should, that, that was my actually my second answer. There is it's it's not meeting a new girl. It's it's committing to one. I think right now it's like I want it, but I don't want it. You know what I mean? So, um, and then like t this year was like the year of love. You know what I'm saying? Like all my friends were getting married. And I can feel it. It's like, dude, I want that. You know what I mean? But I don't want it. But you're so busy. Is that, I mean, is that what you mean? Like you, you couldn't devote the proper time to a relationship at this point? Yeah. And I don't know. Right now I'm trying to decipher, is this poison in my brain? You know, is it like, uh, is it something that's like, <laughs> that like pushing me back a little bit, you know? But like, I do, I do understand that feeling of love though. You know, like, um, like, you know, I want, you know, it's like, I can't just like, take it when I want it. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it's something that you have to commit to. And then, um, it's, yeah, I'm going to have to figure that out <laughs> down the road. Right guys. 
You guys want to talk about love oh, for the rest of the show? That is hilarious. This is, this is not the way I thought this conversation was going to go. <laughs> let's talk about each I, other's uh, love. No, let's not. Let's not. This, is, this is the love session. <laughs> yeah. So what do you feel this burnout? Like, has this happened before, this burnout? Like, is it sort of a cyclical thing where you're like, oh, here it comes again? Or is this uh, something different this time? I think it's different this time, honestly. Like, uh I don't know. It's also a perfect storm with my clients right now. Like uh, Mm. maybe about three months ago, I've acquired a few big clients and I tried to manage, you know, manage their, the time, you know, where I can like, uh, okay, I can allocate this time for you guys, this time for you guys. And, but the thing is like, you would turn in like, um, you would turn in like, like, what do you call that? The, the first revision or something to them. Mm -hmm. And, And then, you know, it would take their, uh, I don't know their their lead creative director guy like months to to review it. You know what I mean? So like oh, yeah. so like you know so I move on to another project and while I'm like you know neck deep in this project, these other guys are like hey here's the feedback you know from right. the project that you yep. turned in like two months ago. So now I'm like uh, this happens to me like all the time. So mm-hmm. it might be I'm thinking it's something that I do. Maybe uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like. Uh, the easygoingness that I that I, I try to uh, you know I I try to convey I think that ends up biting me in the butt later. So mm, I don't know. I bet if you talk to a lot of freelancers, because for me I think it's the same way. Uh, and it's it's like you you're doing good or or worse you're worried that things are slow, and then it's an avalanche of work. Uh, and then on top of that you get a call from a big client that you've been hoping to work for at the worst possible time, and so you have to take that on too. And then. Yeah, and then suddenly it devolves into questioning everything, <laughs> every decision you've ever made. Uh, but um, the trajectory of your career from from just what you said, like five years, has been incredible. Do you think it's been almost too fast? Would you have rather it have gone slower? No, or have you enjoyed no, the I, rapidity of it? Actually, I, I think uh, I, I really liked how everything panned out. And I think mm-hmm. just, you know, if I were to, to go on like self-discovery mode and... Um, like it's exactly how my personality is. I think I, I work in spurts like this, you know, like long, yeah. like like hardcore sprints, and then and then you know maybe I want to take a breather here and there, yeah, and then recharge. I think that's mm-hmm. the type of person that I am, where I just like uh, I'm a high low person. I, I'm gonna I, I'm, I, might, uh-huh. I might come back to this a lot, you know, the high low thing. But um, but yeah, I, I just think it's a it's a reflection of of who I am and and what I've been doing my entire life. It's like a a crazy realization, if that makes yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. So when you get this feeling, though, does it tend? Because I'm looking at, like, I've been looking at your work and and your sites and everything, and you you seem to be doing quite a bit, like whether it's uh, illustration jobs, graphic design, uh, video, getting a lot more into video and and that type of thing. So when you feel burnout doing what you're currently doing, is it that you want to go do like video? Like I want to focus on video right now instead of doing this client work, or is it? Do you get distracted? I do, definitely. So a mm-hmm. lot of times with, with clients, especially when I'm on like a second revision, like yeah. I feel like the guys, the project is done, you know. <laughs> Let's I wanna work on this cool podcast show that I'm doing. Can you can you uh, please give me some time, you know, to yeah. work on this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just uh yeah, it's stuff like that that like like I said, I think I'm learning along the way too on how to communicate this better. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think I do get Want to, I do think of really cool things I want to do and I mm-hmm. want to and I know that motivation doesn't last so I want to like uh, 
You know, I, yes. I want to freaking, what am I trying to say? I want to take advantage of that motivation while it's there. You know, like what if yeah. I don't want to do the podcast thing in a, you know, like two weeks from now and I'm stuck doing revision number seven, you know, yeah. <laughs> at that time, you know? So um, I think an ultimate goal is just to have a, a good um, balance between like business to business type stuff and business to customer type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah. you have a partner, right? Uh Austin, yes, uh, yes, that you work with, and is he involved in everything that you do? Is it like all your work done through this joint venture, or do you still have separate projects on your own? Um, uh, we definitely have separate projects. We try to work together on as much stuff as we can. Um, anything mm-hmm. that involves animation, that's that's his speciality. Like, uh, so everything that you see animated on my Instagram, like it's it's done by Austin. You know, I'm, I'm the mm-hmm. I'm the illustrator in this team. And we had this really cool project where we want, where we want to do like a like a one minute animated film. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like we always think of really cool things to do together. But I think I don't know. I I think we're never gonna be like one like thing that works together on every single thing because we're we're also different people and uh, we like different things too. So, but yeah, but he's Austin's super cool. He's super freaking talented. Um, one of the best problem solvers I've, I've ever seen. You know and uh. I want to continue working with him as, as long as I could. And uh, I would always think of new ways for us to work together. But I don't think we would ever, like, this is, like, what we're going to do yeah. for the rest of our... You're... Yeah. <laughs> I get that from just this conversation so far. <laughs> yeah. Nobody nobody can see my fingers, you know, but, you know, I'm doing something with my fingers here. Oh, that's so interesting, though. But, um, so, okay, so let's talk about this. Then. What, what would you be working on right now if you could? Like, if you... You can just since you're you're recharging. What is the thing right now that you want to be working on? Well, um, I want to do a lot more talking type stuff, and uh, mm. which is why I, I think I'm getting into podcasts and having a, a podcast show show it type thing. I want to get into a lot more um, like talking in conferences and stuff. So um, I have one conference scheduled for next year. And I want to throw an event in San Diego, so I want to like do community type stuff. I think that's, I think that's kind of the way my brain works. If I'm working on too many illustrative projects, I tend to get burnt at that. But if I'm if I'm working on that and working on something else that requires a different part of my brain, yeah. uh, I think I can, I think that's a, a, that would make me feel like you know I'm moving forward. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I can just keep switching back between, between two things like that. I think that's that's uh, what I'm exploring right now. What is it about the public speaking that you that you enjoy? Is it the community aspect or just uh, I just talking about? I just like work? I like talking to people. You know, like I like helping them out too. Especially, um, you know, that stuff I did the past five years. I think I have a lot of insight to give people. You know, if you know, especially a lot of people that um, that think you know starting something new at age thirty two or something is too mm-hmm. late, or starting something at age forty five is too late. Like I, I think I can help a lot of people in that kind of mindset. Yeah. You know, like I just think I have, I have value to give wherever I think I can, I have value to give something I want to, it's almost a disservice, a disservice if I, if I, if I keep the the value, you know, within, I guess. So I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you came up with your style because it's, it's not something that I've seen a lot of, um, this kind of faux paper digital style. How did you come across, or kind of develop the into what you produce today. You know, uh, 
I think uh, after design school, like I've, I think, man, I see that this is, this is always a tough question for me to answer. But, <laughs> it's a tough question. <laughs> um, but like, I'm thinking I'm, I've never really thought I had a style to begin with. You know, um, I mm. think my goal is just, Hey, let's make something awesome every single time, you know? Like right. that's that's what I would focus on first, and then eventually it's it's the uh, the feedback that I get with those are the people that are that are gonna make the connections with with everything. So um, what I started off doing um, when I went to design school was was I was you know especially me being a Japanophile and all that stuff. Like Japan Japan is all about minimal design, right, and making things mm-hmm. uh, you know just hierarchy, right? Like this is the thing that you look at first, and then. And then you got little teeny little text here, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I, I learned a lot about that type of stuff in graphic design. And I think every illustrator needs to have a graphic design background, you know, just because uh, it it helps put purpose to all of your work. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't, does that make sense? Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, for example, like a comic book illustrator, I think they would be... Uh, if they had a like d- design elements like hey you know the rule of thirds here and then like you know maybe throw some negative space and really cool typography here not use like the same comic book text all the time you know like maybe if they implemented a lot of those things like they would stand out so much more i'm going off on a tangent again but uh, uh <laughs> i i would say uh shoot wait what was the question again guys sorry well what's interesting about your style is that it's You know, when I first started in my creative path, I was emulating a lot of the people that I look up to. Um, DKNG comes to mind and so many others. But, um, you know, there's what you're doing. I have not seen anywhere else. Um, So it's interesting that you have this style that is almost unlike any other. You know what? Let me I I guess I can try to answer this question again in in a simpler way. I just, I don't know why I got off mm-hmm. tangents about graphic design school. And, 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 uh, <laughs> but, you know, like... It, it, no, I get it. It's a difficult question because um, style is something, and I get it, that comes somewhat organically, and you don't really notice it happening um, over time. It just kind of does. Yeah, um, you mentioned DKNG. Um, I remember, I actually did a YouTube um, interview with them, but I just never edited the video because... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get. To, I promise, I'll get that video out there. Uh, I know, you know. But, <laughs> uh, but those guys, I, I read a uh, or I listened to a podcast with them with um, with Mark Brickey's Aid podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Adventures, Ad- in, Design. Adventures in Design. Uh, and he was. I remember it was a long, long time ago where he was saying that, hey, you know, like what we do is essentially like flat design, right? Um, making sure everything looks great on a design standpoint first, you know, on the, on the foundation part of it. And then mm-hmm. we just throw right. layers and layers of detail on top of that one flat illustration. And if you like look at all of my work, I think you can kind of tell that everything is flat too, <laughs> you know? So I, I picked that up from, from DKNG and also my, um, you know, my, what do you call that? Uh, what I learned in design school, you know, making everything mm-hmm. minimal cause the minimal stuff, I remember there was a point where everyone was talking so much shit. They were like, oh, dude, you know, flat design, screw flat design. It's like it's it's overdone in this. <laughs> but minimal stuff communicates so much faster than than detailed things, you know. Um, so it, things are just going to get more and more minimal, I think, just for especially in communicative arts. Right. So I think the way I developed a style is just kind of, OK, uh, can I make this thing functional and how do I make it like how do I provide the wow factor, too? And, and 
where the wow factor comes in is, is all the layers and layers of, of details and, and shadows. And I learned that from right, right. Um, I learned that from uh, this company I worked at called B International. It's a uh, it's a candy company that does like packaging for like Wonka products and stuff like that. And uh, I just remember when we would draw like cartoon characters and stuff. Uh, my my creative director would teach me because you know, have you have you tried using the gradient mesh tool in Illustrator? I hate it. Um, right. Yes, I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst. I don't know. I don't want to say it's the worst thing, but I just don't know how to use it. It doesn't communicate to me. So I was like, how do I get these like, you know, really cool, like shading, like highlights and shadows, you know, in, in Illustrator when I, I don't know how to use mm-hmm. this tool. So, you know, my uh, creative director showed me a way where I just use raster effects like Gaussian blur. Mm-hmm. And then there's a hack to it where you, you know, you, you can paste whatever that is into Photoshop as a vector smart object and it becomes infinitely scalable within Photoshop. I know I'm getting real technical here on, on the on the. The design. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. This is good. This is great. But, (laughs) but yeah, that's where it all stemmed off of. Is um, it's that term. It's called a skeuomorphic design. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like uh, if you remember the iPhone, like pre iOS seven, I think, or iPhone when it was like iPhone three, and uh, the icons looked super realistic, like a clock actually looked like a clock, you know. And then now when they moved into, (laughs) um, and now when they moved into flat stuff, it's like you know, um, it's they don't really look like the realistic counterparts, but they do communicate a lot faster. So I think in my brain, the way I developed style is always finding this balance between um, bringing this level of detail out and at the same time, like having it communicative and having, having it, uh, uh, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Shoot. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, bro. I think that's absolutely right because I think, I look at your work and what's kind of neat about it, uh, one of the things I was noticing, one was that how you do post um, the different uh, stages of your images, whether that that flat art is the final product and then we see how you build it up uh, and then make it into either what it looks like paper or it might look a little bit more realistic. Like I think what's uh, appealing about your work too is that it's not this hyper-realistic thing, it's this sort of stylized right. reality that is just gorgeous. So like you had said previously on some other thing, it's not necessarily how light actually hits something, but it sure looks good this way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I think that that's mainly what people respond to. You're, you're kind of creating a feeling that, that feels like reality, but it's not like a slave to this is how light bounces off this kind of surface. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, man. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, how do you like, how did you get to Illustrator? Because I think uh, I, I use Illustrator exclusively and it's a, it's a great, very powerful tool once you get used to it. And, and after years of using it, it's, it's fantastic. How did you pick Illustrator as sort of your tool? Because sometimes I look at these things and think, well, this could have been done probably easier in like Photoshop or, or one of the more painterly tools. What, what made you pick Illustrator as your tool? Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it probably has to do a lot with the graphic design schooling I went to, it's uh, mm-hmm. um, when I learned how to use a pen tool and, and uh, focus on precision curves and everything like that, I think it all stemmed from there. And then when it came for me, like I learned how to illustrate on vector before I learned how to illustrate on raster or Photoshop or something. Hmm. So um, when it came time for me to take the Photoshop class, um, it's like, yeah, my drawings looked, you know, more handmade and they looked pretty cool, but I, I really liked the clean precision look of, of the vector style. And then, um, 
you know, to fa- when I was just what I was just telling you guys about that candy company I worked at, um, that opened up a whole new thing where you could make really really detailed things in Illustrator too, and it might not be, um, I don't know, it might not be the most practical thing to to put mm-hmm. so much detail in Illustrator, but at the same time, I think that infinite scalability and having that much detail is what draws a lot of people to my work at, at the end of the day. Like for, if I were to, to reflect on mm-hmm. if, why people like my work right now, maybe it's because of that infinite. Like, I can't believe you did this in Illustrator type thing. Um, and uh, and clients love Illustrator. They're always happy to get an Illustrator file as opposed to right, a, yeah. a Photoshop file. Yeah, so, you can put um, that, you know, on the side of your jet, your airplane, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, my drawings of jets, put that on the side of your actual jets, you know? <laughs> yeah. From, it can go from a toy Jared, jet that- all the way up to a real jet. Like, yeah, no right, right, degradation right. of the image. I'm sorry. Is go ahead. Is that Mark. the first... Uh, is that the first Adobe program that you uh, were introduced to as well, Jared? Uh, no, I, I think uh, I started on Photoshop or a version of Photoshop, some kind of drawing tool where it was really hard and, and it was difficult to control. And I think that's why I liked Illustrator because it did look so clean and tight. So and then precise. you become sort of obsessed with that. And then suddenly you're trying to use Photoshop like you use Illustrator and then that's pointless so it's just like i'd rather struggle in illustrator than uh than have that sort of painterly look in um in photoshop but i think that's that that is the way i draw though i think i am not a painter i do not do big gestures and brush strokes and and everything like that it's it's not what i do so for me illustrator makes sense i could see why for other people and especially for people who don't work in the industry and they want to watch you work. If you watch someone work in Photoshop, it looks like magic. Uh, watching someone work in Illustrator <laughs> is probably the most boring thing in the world. You can you can do. You got to do that time lapse thing where you know. Yeah. Look, look. yeah. <laughs> like so, you use the circle tool so to fast. make a circle. <laughs> uh, I did want to ask about one of your pieces though, because especially in some of your earlier work, it, it was a little less uh, tight, and some of it looked almost more painterly. So you have this one with the fried egg. And you did sort of a series of this. But the one in particular was the Mount Fuji one that you had mentioned. Oh, yeah. One of your other pieces as a significant sort of a turning point for you. Oh, yes. What what was it about that image that uh, is so significant for your for your work? Okay, I guess personally for me, I, I think it's because uh, I, I, I didn't typically draw liquidy things, like things that mm-hmm. are like liquid. <laughs> and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think I would be able to pull that off. And then I think that was a big learning that was one of the biggest lessons for me that like I can basically um, draw anything if I change the way the gradients like, you know, if, you know, uh, if I stop doing this, because if I do everything soft, like soft shadows, it's going to look very matte and very dry and everything. But if I put like a hard shine, it looks like a liquid, you know, I think so mm-hmm. personal for personal growth. I think that was the biggest turning point for me. And then um, also that was the first thing Adobe featured in uh in my work and mm-hmm. i think when they featured that it kind of told me that um i kind of do like uh making things that people like <laughs> you know what i mean and i and i know like a lot of artists don't like thinking that way they want to just make whatever they want and they don't want to cater towards uh, what uh, the industry probably asks for or what uh, what's applicable to them but i think it's it's important to have that every once in a while at least you know to to think about um why people get excited, understand why people get excited, you know, and uh, 
but who doesn't like breakfast? You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a sudden, know, yeah. appealing it, to the masses. Yeah, you got a big donut, you know, on the I see that donut That's back right. there, right? Yeah, so, um, it's yeah, it's <laughs> and also it's like that was a, a photo I took in of Mount Fuji in Japan, too. So, um, it was the first time I've kind of done that like mixed media thing where it's not just an illustrator thing or. I don't know. It was just that was a, a big turning point for me, just because uh, I've learned a lot, and also it just made me realize how I can. Uh, it, the subject matter always always counts, you know. Like maybe mm-hmm. I want to, you know, for like I, I I teach design right now at at a local school, and um, you know, like a lot of them want to draw like crazy things here and there. I'm like, you know, like if you're, are you really gonna put that like in your portfolio? You know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> You know, um, I had a I had a student that uh, oh man, I hope she does. She's not listening to this, but she wanted to draw like a bunch of like <laughs> like like sex toys. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, she wanted to make an icon set of like a bunch of sex toys. I'm like, that is cool. <laughs> you know, that's cool. <laughs> but like, I don't know if that's something. You know, you might get right. like a really cool like, you know, following from that. But then, but you know, I don't know if that's something you can sustain over the over the long haul. You know. Uh, if you think about the stuff that I make, it's it's like jet planes. It's stuff that I liked when I was a kid. You know, um, sometimes I do uh, fan art here and there, like uh, like Futurama stuff. I do that a little bit, and you know, like I just do mm-hmm. things that I think um, can be applicable to uh, a lot of people's likings and stuff that I like too. You know, so it, it's uh, yeah, you know, hitting hitting uh, all kinds of killing how many birds with one stone <laughs> yes no I, I completely agree with that i think i mean to me that's what i think makes uh, me an illustrator is that you have an audience in mind that you are creating for an audience and not saying like well screw you if you don't like it no it's like you want you want that response but i i, I totally get what you're what your point that's is cool that. I've, I've definitely been on podcasts where they're like oh you know you shouldn't think about you know your followers at all or, you know you just do whatever you want you know like that's cool but I guarantee that a little bit of you, you know, especially if you're like a really successful social media illustrator type thing, I, I, I bet a little bit of you at least thinks about, you know, like, I think these guys would like what I'm making next, you know? So, yes, yeah. absolutely. I think you <laughs> yeah. can't, with likes and all of that stuff, you can't help but sort of be affected. And in uh, either way, it could go both ways, I suppose, where if nobody responds to something, you feel a little like, huh, I thought everyone was going to like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's seems healthy. I don't know. I, I, I get the self-consciousness about it. Like I do know uh, people who play sort of more the role of the artist. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's not me, (laughs) but that's cool. um, Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what to call it. Is it like restraint? Is that the right word? But, uh, hmm. I don't know. I I think it's something that I I will keep going back and forth with too. I think eventually I'm going to make a project that maybe I really love and everyone's like, what, why did you make that? You know, like, uh, I bet, I bet (laughs) these experiences will will come and go, you know? (laughs) Yes, for sure. That is probably a guarantee that that will come. Um, I do have a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, and if you aren't already following Michael, uh, we will leave links to how you can get in contact with him in our show notes. Um, but Jared, you had a question. Oh, no, I was just going to say you mentioned a, a podcast coming up yourself. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Can you talk about that or is it a secret project? No, uh, no. Uh, like <laughs> if it were up to me, like, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to you guys about all the clients I'm working with. Sure. Like it's just, you know, if it were up to me, I'd like to be as open as I could. I'd love to talk about the the podcast show. Um, 
So the po- the the show is I don't even know if it's a podcast because it's gonna be outputted on IGTV. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I made this decision right just mm-hmm. because I know everybody is already following me on Inst- my my core following is on Instagram already. Yeah. So um, right. right. You know, uh, there's gonna be a video aspect, you know, um, to to this show, and I'm really just gonna talk about. Uh, maybe unorthodox ways to get through this creative career and how to land uh, massive clients um, quickly, like um, mm-hmm. not quickly, but I mean like effective ways to land massive, massive clients. Like uh, for example, like I do a lot of aerospace stuff on my Instagram. So in, in turn, mm-hmm. I, I work with some of the biggest aerospace companies right now. So it's uh, like stuff like that. Like I'd like to give insight to people. Um, I like to have fun with it too. I teach design for fun at a local school and i think this podcast type thing is kind of a better outlet for me to uh to reach more people rather than mm. than reaching like 30 or 40 people at a time you know per class like so right. this is different than the smashworks stuff that you do is that a yeah i mean i know that's is that still going or is that a, i know um, this is super confusing guys <laughs> that's <right. laughs> but uh but the smashworks thing is is what i work with with austin um okay and that's probably where I'm going to output that DKNG episode I was talking to you guys about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Austin, um, we go around into different studios and um, interview people and talk to them about like, you know, just give them a cool tour of their offices and everything. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's just, uh, I don't think we'll ever give up on that, but uh, we definitely don't have the resources to output that regularly, you know, and, sure. and to go to yeah, different, a lot of work. Yeah. Go to, go to different studios. And um, I think, um, if we're at a certain point where we grow, um, and then we can have a lot of help in this department, I think we can we can pump that content out quicker. But something like a like a IGTV podcasting, I think I could I can pump that out pretty you know because I love yeah. I, you know I like talking and I I'd like to spread the infor- <laughs> information out that way. Um, yeah, sure. Well, you seem like uh, like a very generous creative. Uh, I mean, you haven't been in the industry for a super long time, but just from following you on Instagram and seeing your stories and a lot of your content, it looks like a lot of your time is spent actually giving back to the creative community. Um, You said you did teaching, you're doing a podcast, um, you're very encouraging with a lot of the comments that I see. We've had a very short interaction and you were very nice and encouraging to me as well. So it's nice and refreshing to see this. Um, um, man, but you know what? Like just to, to talk about that a bit, I think uh, when you were talking about like I do a lot of the giving back stuff, it's I think I kind of see it more as like a um, kind of like a balance, you know, like like I was talking about the burnout. And I think it's actually working where um, if I'm constantly illustrating and illustrating and illustrating, like I tend to like not enjoy it anymore, you know, but if, if mm, I throw, right. if I throw in these other outlets, like talking to you guys, you know what I mean? Creating a show, uh, I don't know, teaching mm-hmm. it like gets me in another element. So, um, if, I don't know if, if anybody were to take anything away from this show, I'd like to them to explore this, this balance, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I explained that the best way. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, that's actually a good spot to put a pin in it for this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, really appreciate it. Love your work. Um, and again, if you aren't already following Michael, please be sure to at least check out his work. Um, we will leave links again in the show notes. So thank you again. 
That is all for today's episode. We will see you later. See you guys.